It was supposed to fade out, but it didn't. Damn it. Ah. Oh, well. Hi. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the JB Font channel. I am your host, James Fontroy. So good to see you all on this beautiful Tuesday. Today is April 18th, 2023. Welcome. Come on in. Have a seat. I hope you guys grab some snacks, grab some, uh, some drinks, maybe grab the bowl, whatever you want to. Just come on in and we'll have a nice conversation. Good to see what's up, everybody. Okay. Now, as you guys know, the JB Font channel is available on all major podcast platforms, so subscribe to me there. I'm also part of the Revolutionary Blackout Network, so you can catch me on the JB Show on Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern, on RBN Live on Tuesdays at 4, and the Sabi and JB Show on Thursdays at 6. Also, thank you so much to everyone who is a subscriber, as well as a viewer, as well as a patron on Patreon and Coffee and members. So thank you so much to all of you for you guys being just contributing to my channel and adding some levity to it. I really deeply appreciate you guys up, down, and out, over and under. So good to see all of you. And of course, thanks to all the patrons on Patreon and Coffee. Again, uh, thank you. Without you guys, I would not be able to do this. So it is very much appreciated from the top and bottom of my heart. Now, just to also let you guys know, if you guys would like to get email notifications from me, you guys can also go to my Substack at jbfont.substack.com so you guys can get the email notifications so that you guys are more fully aware of when I go live. I will typically have these email notifications come to you 15 minutes before I go live. Just like today, you guys got a notification 15 minutes before I went live. So you guys are fully prepared. So just to let you guys know, I would like to say hello to everyone in the chat. Uh, and I will let my guest in soon. He's already here. So good to see you. The Quantum Al Al Alchemist says, oh, no, you can't dot the font that you can't shan it. <laughs> <laughs> so Nina Sawyer says, greetings, comrades. My neighbor's house caught fire this morning from the generator. Oh, no. They were not home, so our other neighbor kicked down the door to save the dog. The other didn't make it. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, that is, sucks. My heart's with your neighbors. I'm so sorry. And... You know what? Um, your other neighbor is a hero. Wow. Thank you so very much. Good to see you, though. Thanks for joining, despite the circumstances. CBC voter coming in saying, happy Tuesday at JB. So good to see you also, CBC voter. Quantum Alchemist says, happy Tuesday, all. We have sweary, fairy, bestie of besties saying, nice, peaceful music, bestie. Thank you. Thank you so much. I try, I try, I try. The Jam Mom coming in saying JB got the best intros. Thank you so much. What E coming in saying, hey, everybody. Greg Gamer for Life coming in saying, morning. If, if it's morning, where are you at? Good. We have Wicked Sin coming in saying, Serena, so sorry to hear. Yeah. Look, give Serena some, some love in the chat. You know, because even though it's not her home, 
that's still her neighborhood. She probably knows her neighbors and that's still, you know, that really hits the heart. So give her some love in the chat, by the way. We have Rick Solis coming in and <laughs> I got to put this out there. Rock Gamer for Life says Robert Durden rocks. We got to say it. We got to make sure it's, we got to say it. Got to let it go. All right. All right. Uh, let me see. Also, we have Cool Blue coming in saying good afternoon, everyone. All right, people. So good to see you. Also, I said hello to everybody in the chat because this is going to be a news story, and I'm going to be doing this in league with my guest for today, part of the Indie News Network, as well as all-around good guy, friend, father, and doctor, Robert Durden. Robert, so good to see you on the channel. Hey, yeah, you too, man. Thank you so much for having me. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you all right. You sound you sound good to okay. me. You sound you look a little holy though with the light behind you. <laughs> I know I can't get the drape to go all the way over, so you're just gonna have to deal with it. Before this, it was the whole background, so <laughs> it's just it, gonna half blind it, you this time. Well, it, it, it's okay. Look, if you want to go for that Jesus look, hey, whatever you do behind closed or open doors is is you know. <laughs> 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 now my hair's not that long yet uh you know i'm i'm not on russell brand's level yet yeah well we'll see but look russell brand russell brand level i mean russell brand number one he's entertaining but number two he actually gives really good takes especially uh as far as the news lately not everybody's not perfect but at the same time i mean when you're able to get the news as well as be entertained at the same time that, that's a value to that you know yeah, there's a reason he's so popular. He's, you know, he just kind of, he's himself. He's a genuine, genuinely curious guy. And uh, that's mm -hmm. how we got, you know, six and a half million subs on YouTube. So he's doing a good job mm -hmm. and the best of his ability. And he's only going to get better. So I'm I'm very happy that he's doing it. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you yourself, you're a genuinely, genuinely curious guy. I mean, you're, of course, you're deeply into science. I mean, because, you know, you have a medical background. And on top of all that, uh, you're deeply into enriching the world around you, not just yourself. So, I mean, that also says a lot about you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and likewise for you, my brother. Yeah, I just, just try to make the world a better place. I just try to help people around me as best I can. And uh, I get online quite often and uh, call politicians naughty names, which is my favorite pastime. And uh, making people laugh is something that makes me feel good. So I try to do that as well, if I can. Well, that's part of my motto, leaving the, the world better than you found it, which I deeply appreciate about you. So uh, if you guys have not, then you guys can go to Robert Durden's links in the description as well. Um, his links to his Rockfin channel, which where it all goes down, you guys can go there as well as to his YouTube channel, as well as his Twitter link as well. And he and also just to let you guys know, I got my inspiration for reading on my channel from Robert just to let y'all know. So that's why. That's why y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I was wondering about that. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, and it's good. good. It's good. A lot of people. Thank yeah, it's um, a lot of people don't have time to read books or they're working 60 hours a week. So I've had people come and tell me, you know, they appreciate that I'm kind of reading the books and analyzing as I go along. And, um, you know, I'm going to keep doing it because I'm reading it anyway. I, 
I love it. I think it's a good thing to do. I think it's good to educate people. The first step to revolution is education, as we all know. Hey, man, you said it. You said it. I mean, bars, Robert. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, one of the things that we were going to talk about, and I sent you a couple articles as well, and I got a couple and I got a couple videos to show as well uh, as pertaining to these stories. And I'm just show everybody what we're talking about today. So what we have for today is Clarence Thomas. We're going to be talking about him. Uh, he's been in the news lately. So Clarence Thomas bribed uh, and in Louis Arce for lithium OPEC. Uh, so, of course, Louis Arce is the president of Bolivia. And so we're going to be talking about what he proposes for a lithium OPEC. And then, you know, we're going to do Clarence Thomas. Ter Clarence Thomas story is kind of not a not a surprise to me. I'm going to be honest with you. So it, it is we're going to get into it. But. Yeah, it's going to be a really good story. Um, so one of the first things that I want to do is I want to let people know who Clarence Thomas is. Clarence Thomas is one of the Supreme Court justices of the United States, and he's been a Supreme Court justice for 30 years now. So he's been around for quite a while. Um, and his introduction to the Supreme Court is is riddled in controversy and so i want to get into what the controversy was and you guys are going to see it for yourself so this is in october 11th 1991 this is anita hill and she made some accusations against clarence thomas and we're going to get into that just to show you guys, if you don't know about Clarence Thomas and the type of person he is, TLDR, he's a bastard. You're going to hear right now the type of man who Clarence Thomas is. So we're going to get into this right now. My working relationship became even more strained when Judge Thomas began to use work situations to discuss on these occasions, he would call me into his office for reports on education issues and projects, or he might suggest that because of the time pressures of his schedule, we go to lunch for government cafeteria. After a brief discussion of work, he would turn the conversation to a discussion of sexual matters. Conversations were very vivid. He spoke about acts that he had seen in pornographic films involving such matters as women having sex with animals and films showing group sex or rape scenes. He talked about pornographic materials depicting individuals with large penises or large breasts involved in various sex acts. On several occasions, Thomas told me graphically of his own sexual prowess. Just to give you guys a synopsis of who's also overseeing this hearing, let me give you guys this. The gentleman in the front yeah, on the left hand middle side, of the screen. Huh? What was that? Yeah, look right in the middle of the screen. Who's that guy? Mm -hmm. 
Yep. That's the president. And to his left and right, to his left is Strom Thurmond, a racist segregationist. And then to his right is Senator Ted Kennedy, who also killed somebody, allegedly. So you have a racist, a rapist, and a murderer sitting right in front of a woman that is literally talking about her experience of sexual harassment. I ain't, look, I'm putting it this way. I'm not mincing no words. Am I, Robert? <laughs> no, you never do. That's why I like you so much. <laughs> Thank you. So you have Strom Thurmond, a racist. And then Joe Biden just talked to Tara Reid. Right? I think this is two years before he did what he did to Tara Reid. Which means that if he had a history of doing that to Tara Reid, then he could have probably done some things earlier in his life to other women. Allegedly. And then you have Senator Ted Kennedy. A de so, really, you have two Democrats, and I think Strom Thurmond was a Republican. I can't, it's hard to tell these days, right? Jeez Louise. Bob, are you still there? Yep, I'm still there. Yeah, and uh, this uh, is not at all surprising to me. Yeah, there. Uh, Clarence Thomas is also kind of part of that big club, and we're going to get into it here with the story. But you know, you can get away with whatever you want so long as you're part of that club, even if you're not actively taking bribes from, you know, the billionaire oligarchs. If you're in the club, which we're going to find out, Clarence is deeply in the club you can get away with doing whatever you want. Even, you know, sniffing little girl's hair and in front of millions of people and, you know, all the stuff that Joe Biden got away with. Mm -hmm. let's, let's continue just a little bit more. Breath involved in various sex acts. On several occasions, Thomas told me graphically of his own sexual prowess. Because I was extremely uncomfortable talking about sex with him at all, and particularly in such a graphic way, I told him that I did not want to talk about these subjects. I would also try to change the subject to education matters or to non-sexual personal matters, such as his background or his beliefs. My efforts to change the subject were rarely successful. Throughout the period of these conversations, he also from time to time asked me for social engagements. My reaction to these conversations was to avoid them by eliminating opportunities for us to engage in extended conversations. This was difficult because at the time I was his only assistant at the Office of Education. By the way, he was her boss. Yeah. 
So that is who Clarence Thomas was and is. He's a pig. Let's just put it out there. Yep. He's a pig. Yeah. Like, imagine and, what and Sorry, Joe Biden. Uh, and Joe Biden was integral into her uh, being treated like that and being treated like that in, in public. Um, it's one of the things that's most disgusting about him as well. Uh, but they all they all kind of get away with it, don't they? If you're part of the rich person club, you don't have to follow the same rules. Um, you know, we've seen numerous scandals. I mean, Andrew Cuomo, Mike Bloomberg, really from both sides of the aisle, Donald Trump, they all kind of get away with the same things. I notice a pattern here, don't you? Yeah. And, yeah, it just goes to show that, you know, Joe Biden was integral into getting Clarence Thomas uh, approved through the Senate judiciary into getting Clarence Thomas into being a justice of the Supreme Court. Overseeing extremely important cases in our country revolving our very lives. And this man, this pig, has been on the seat of the the highest court of the land for over 30 years. So if you want to figure out why some of uh, the reason why our, our nation is really uh, a shit show, well, <laughs> look no further. Uh, people like Joe Biden and Clarence Thomas, Strom Thurmond and Ted, uh, Ted Kennedy. And oh yeah, Hens T says these things were not discussed in public. Anita Hill really suffered from for her bravery. Yeah. And unfortunately, this happens a lot, especially to women. So the reason why I brought that video up is to give you guys a background into who Clarence Thomas is. Now, there's a story, there's a story. <laughs> of Clarence Thomas that came out recently out of ProPublica that we're going to discuss. And the caption says, for over 20 years, Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas has been treated to luxury vacations by billionaire Republican donor Harlan Crow. And so as he goes on cruises, far-flung locales on Crow's yacht, flies on his private jet, and keeps company with Crow's powerful friends at the billionaire's private resort. So, as the extent of Crow's largesse has never been revealed until now. So it says Clarence Thomas and the billionaire. So this is credit to Joshua, Joshua Kaplan, Justin Elliott, and Alex Mirjeski. Uh, so it says in late 2019, right after the U.S. Supreme Court released its final opinion on the term, Justice Clarence Thomas boarded a large private jet headed to Indonesia. He and his wife were going on vacation, nine days of island hopping on a volcanic archipelago 
on a super yacht staffed by a coterie of attendants and a private chef. If Thomas had chartered the plane and a 162-foot yacht himself, the total cost of the trip could have exceeded $500,000. Fortunately for him, that wasn't necessary. He was on vacation with a real estate magnate and Republican mega donor Harlan Crow, who owned the jet and the yacht too. Are you surprised by any of this, Robert? No, no, not at all. Um, and that's the way these things work with in, in terms of bribes going between powerful people. For instance, Harlan Crow is just a billionaire who wants to influence politics. He says he's friends with uh, Clarence Thomas, which, you know, you're you're allowed to have friends, but these billionaires are savvy in that they never do any quid pro quo bribing. What they do is instead they pamper you and they create a lifestyle and immerse you in it because they can. They have, you know, infinite money. So what they do is they befriend somebody that they know is in a position of power that can give them help in the future. That's Congress people. That's the president. That's people on the Supreme Court. And they immerse you in a rich person, lavish, ostentatious lifestyle that you become addicted to. So they don't have to bribe you per se. They just wine and dine you so that you like them and that you would never cross them or pass any legislation that would actually hurt said billionaire. So they're, they're off the hook in terms of actually bribing, but the, what they're actually doing is they're creating a lifestyle that a lot of these people become addicted to and they befriend them. They treat them nicely. They, you know, Hey, you got any unpaid parking tickets there, Clarence? I'll pay those for you. Don't you worry about it because we're friends, right? We're friends. But then they know in the future, Clarence is never going to cross or um, rule using his position of power against people like Harlan Crow. So that's the way that this works. The big club protects itself they have their own class interests and you know clarence thomas he he's got this background like you're talking about right here yet we know that he'll never make uh, we know that he'll never make a cross move in terms of uh giving women right to their own bodies for instance via the supreme court he'll never um do anything that goes against the class interests of people like harlan crow and the harlan crow is not an anomaly all the billionaires do this exact same thing they will they recognize where the power centers are and they buy them out but it's not like they just hand them a duffel bag full of money they will like they do with doctors to push something like oxycontin or new medicines is that the big pharma billionaires and their legion of lobbyists go into doctor's office they say hey look i want you to um Look into this new drug that we've created here, and it's extremely expensive, but it's got some you know good things about it. It's got some bad things about it. But here we're gonna we're gonna fly you out to Barbados, and we're gonna tell you all about this new drug that we've got, and we're gonna pay for it. All expenses paid. We're gonna have you eat at the finest areas. You're gonna stay at a five star hotel, and you're gonna spend a week out there learning about this new drug. So it's not really a bribe. It's a kickback, and they create a situation where the doctors can't possibly say no. And they just treat them really well. So the next thing you know, those doctors go out there and prescribe those drugs in droves. Same thing with Clarence Thomas in this situation. They're the billionaire, uh, billionaire money interest just buy you out by 
raining lavish lifestyle down upon you. And that's, that's what's going on here. Yeah. And thank you for that, that breakdown, because a lot of people aren't realizing that this is literally going on in the United States Supreme Court as we speak. And the fact is, is that it's part of my question is, who else is this happening to? Who else is doing this? Because uh, you have Kagan, Sotomayor, Kennedy, um, Roberts, um, uh, Coney Barrett, and uh, oh my God, what's that? What's that Kavanaugh's name? Kavanaugh. Sorry, Kavanaugh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, you you know, you have those people, and it's just like who, like the hell. Anywho, I'm pretty sure that they're 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 getting you know they're getting a little something something they're getting they're getting their palms greased you know let's continue it says for more than two decades Thomas has there's always a way there's always a way absolutely for more than two decades Thomas has accepted luxury trips virtually every year from the Dallas businessmen without disclosing them documents and interviews show says for more than two decades says a public servant who has a salary of two hundred eighty five thousand dollars he has vacation on crow's super yacht around the globe he flies on crow's bombardier bombardier global 5000 jet i'm gonna let you guys in on what this jet looks like this jet number i, I ain't gonna lie this jet is actually beautiful as somebody who kind of likes planes, this jet is beautiful. It probably, it probably pollutes like a, like a bastard, but you know, it, it's still nice to look at though. Um, let's see. This is the jet. Bombardier. Five, global 5,000. That's what Clarence Thomas has been flying on. Robert, your reaction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my reaction is, is that, uh, Clarence Thomas, he he does make a fair amount of money. And most of these Congress people, their actual salaries, you know, they're not poor people, but they're not on the same level as Harlan Crow or these billionaires. So they can't actually afford to even stay at these type of hotels or to fly on these types of planes. The only way that they can kind of live the super rich lifestyle is if they sell out and they use their position of power to kind of get in with these people so people like um even the squad i don't like the squad whatsoever i think that a lot of them were initially well-intentioned and then this same type of thing happened to them where they get into a position of power and then they get immediately immersed in sort of a celebrity kind of lifestyle where the people that really need them to vote a certain way or to act a certain way using their position of power manipulate them by being like, you know, 
hey, AOC, you want to go to the Met Gala? You want to meet your favorite celebrities? You want to, uh, you know, uh, be on the cover of magazines? We can treat you like a princess. We can make you like a celebrity. You know, you can live like a movie star if you want to. And then I think what happens to a lot of these people is that they're kind of like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, given a carrot or stick option when they become part of that, when they get that job, where the elites around them go, listen, this, this can either be a dream come true. You can go to these, you know, elegant retreats like Clarence Thomas was going to, which if you read, if we're going to read part of the article, we'll go over the part where the, the billionaire actually had a, an exact replica of Hagrid's hut from the Harry Potter movies built on the, like on the hotel grounds. That's how ostentatious know, this is. Right? And they tell these people, yeah, like, do you want these ridiculous things that are completely out of your reach, even as a very wealthy person to be part of your life? Because if you want that, then you can, you can have that. We're going to play nice as long as you play nice. Or... We can ruin your life. We own the own the mainstream media. We have you know people that we know at the CIA and the FBI that can dig up dirt on you. If there's anything you've ever done that's embarrassing in the past, we're gonna find it and we can publicize it and we can ruin you and we can kick you out of Congress or we can kick you out of your position, no matter what it is. It's your choice on what you want to do. So I think that like the squad and a lot of these people, they realize when they get into positions of power that they they can either play along and become part of this billionaire run cabal that runs this country and a lot of the Western world, or they can be ruined. Now I'm not saying that that's necessarily what Clarence Thomas did. I don't know, but the, I think a lot of the Congress people like the squad, they had good intentions like Cori Bush. I'm fairly certain she had good intentions. And then she got in there and she's like, well, shit, I can either take this book deal that they're offering me and you know make a ton of money off of other things other connections that i can make within the democratic party apparatus or i can be like a two-year congressperson and they'll destroy me if i don't play along so i i it's so all-encompassing and influential that a lot of these people they get in there there's no way to get out and they just succumb to this lavish lifestyle that makes it super easy on them so long as they make horrible decisions for the american people and that's what clarence thomas and really most of the supreme court has been doing as long as i've been alive anyway yeah absolutely and the thing is is that a lot of people are just not aware of this and it you know this is one of the reasons why we talk about things like this because this is i don't think this is limited to just clarence thomas it continues says he has gone with crow to the bohemian grove an exclusive california all-male retreat and to crow sprawling ranch in east texas and thomas typically spends about a week every summer at crow's private resort in the adrian acts now i was like what in the hell is the adrian acts so I had to look it up. I was like, what? Like, Robert, have you ever heard the Adrian Acts? Yeah. Yes, I have. Yeah. It's, yeah. Show them. Show everybody what the, what that is. Okay. This is crazy, guys. Like, yo. Okay. Just, if you just Google the Adrian Acts, bro, this is the Adrian Act. Like, dude. Look at this. Yeah. It's like the mountain range you see in the backdrops of movies. Yeah. This is wicked. Look at this town, bro. 
bro, look at this town. Yeah, and, and remember the um, that vacation that Clarence Thomas just went on, right? Estimated five hundred thousand dollars. He makes two hundred eighty-five thousand dollars a year, which is a lot of money. But it would still take him two years at least, just if he saved everything he freaking made to just go on that vacation. So that's that's the way they get you. Is like these people have unlimited wealth. They they can buy and sell politicians who are just like normal everyday rich people, and they can do whatever they want. They can get them to do whatever they want by showering these things uh, upon them. Jeff Bezos, I think his yacht has a yacht inside of it. Like it has, yeah, it has a helipad. It has a helipad, and all he's got to do, and I'm sure it goes down. And I don't know if anybody's looked into it, but I'm sure that Jeff Bezos wines and dines, you know, politicians or people that are judges, local politicians, city council people. If they if they're playing a part in the plan that these billionaires have to keep everything under control, you better believe they're being invited on these lavish, you know, super yachts and super planes and out to private islands. You know, I mean, we've don't have to go down this rabbit hole but i mean you just saw what happened with epstein they all that's not he's not an anomaly these billionaires and people that have all this influence they're not there wasn't just like one epstein he's part of a web and a connection network that all do this same type of thing yeah so when i heard this i was like what in the hell is the adrian like this is the adrianac historic lodge this is a <laughs> bro you know what this looks like this looks like the grand floridian at walt disney world yeah yep and the and the hotel anything- that uh the hotel that harlan crow invited uh clarence thomas to is it's not that big but it's just as opulent looking i mean it's ultra it's invite only you're only allowed to go to it it's not open to public no matter how much money you have you have to be yeah. invited by Harlan Crow, and of course Clarence Thomas, who would never have a taste of anything like that. The only way he could go is if he gets an invite from Harlan Crow. So it's just—it's not a quid pro quo, but it's like you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, and this is how it works between all of these rich people and Congress people yeah. and judges. And... Man, this is some. This is some shit. All right. So that's what I had to I had to stop and be like, what in the hell was that? Just in case anybody's curious, because look, I'm so broke, I never even heard of the Adrian Axe. <sighs> Dear God. Okay. So it says the extent of frequency of Crow's apparent gifts to Thomas have no known precedent in the modern history of the US Supreme Court. These trips appeared nowhere on Thomas's financial records. His failure to report the flights appears to violate a law passed after Watergate that requires justices, judges, members of Congress, and federal officials to disclose most gifts to ethics law experts said. He also should have disclosed his trips on the yacht these experts have said. Thomas did not respond to a detailed list of questions. In a statement, Crow, the billionaire, mega donor, acknowledged that he'd extended quote-unquote hospitality to the Thomases over the years, but that the Thomases never asked for any of it. This is the key. And it was, quote, no different from the hospitality that we have extended to our many other dear friends. Bullshit. 
I am calling bullshit right now. Dear God. <laughs> if you, you if you look into who them. those dear friends are, most of them are going to be people that are in positions of power that need to be wined and dined for the purposes of pushing Harlan Crow and his family's like political ideology. Yeah, I'm sure he does have actual friends, but a lot of the people that end up being his friends are just people that they're, you know, subtly manipulating. That's like being in a monogamous relationship and and, and you have sex with somebody outside of that relationship and then that person goes, that uh, we weren't having sex. This person was just scratching the itch that I needed to be scratched. Yep. Yep, and it's just to avoid it's to avoid actually, you know, physically giving money or bribes. Um, but it's it's yeah. just the same. It's just the same thing. Yeah. Uh, it continues, says, through his largesse, Pro has gained unique form of access, spending days in private with one of the most powerful people in the country. That's control, bro. That's control. Like, what? It says, by accepting the trips, Thomas has broken longstanding norms for judges' contact, conduct. Ethics experts and four current or retired federal judges have said it is incomprehensible to me that someone would do this. That was said by Nancy Gertner, a retired federal judge appointed by President Bill Clinton. Uh, she said Virginia Cantor says former government ethics lawyer who served as administration of both parties said that Thomas seems to have completely disregarded his higher ethical uh, obligations when a justice's lifestyle is being subsidized by the rich and famous. It is absolutely corrodes public trust. It doesn't just corrode public trust, though, right, Robert? It's more than that. Yeah, well, it definitely does. Um, and what the problem here is, is that, you know, you have to disclose, like I'm talking technically, as far as the law goes, you have to disclose if you're being given any gifts by like this, right? It's to... Um, to try to get rid of the appearance of any impropriety. So the, the least you can do, and what he's in trouble for, is you have to at least disclose that you're getting these very high-value gifts in exchange for, and, and there's no exchange, but we all know what it's in exchange for. And, um, you know, that's it. this is exactly the problem. What they're mad about, the elites, basically, um, and part of the reason why I think um, – Clarence Thomas, he's giving them a bad look. What he should have just done is, in, in their opinion, is they should have just been like, well, he is my friend. He occasionally lets me go on vacations, but I've disclosed them publicly, so it can't be like it's a bribe of any sort. That's where they're mad is, you know, it's he, he tried to hide it. He tried to hide these things that are pretty obviously like just legalized bribes. Um, and this is, again, it's not it's not just Clarence Thomas. It's he's the one who got caught not disclosing it. And um, even other judges like Mrs. Gertner are saying, you know, this is obvious corruption. This is obvious because you have to, when you take the job of judge, particularly if you're on the Supreme court, you have to do everything by the book and you have to disclose all of this stuff. So you stuff, so you don't even give the appearance of impropriety and Clarence Thomas went even further than that. So like he's, <laughs> he's I don't know if he's any dirtier than all of the other judges or all the other Congress people. He's just the one who like straight up wasn't even disclosing it and 
got in trouble for it. It's like um, Nancy Pelosi, if she got caught not disclosing that she's doing insider trading instead of doing what she's actually doing, which is just insider trading out in public and disclosing it and just pretending like that's okay. He is that dirty. Uh, and by the way, guys, yeah. make sure to like the stream as well as if you haven't subscribed yet, then please make sure to subscribe. But yeah, so I, I just want to do this. This article was bomb shell. Okay, so it continues, says Crow met Thomas after he became a justice. So he was already a justice when Crow met him. So this isn't, oh, we've been buddies ever since college. No, 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 no. This was after he became a Supreme Court justice, which means he was already in the seat of power. Does the pair have become genuine friends? Bullshit. Genuine friends, according to people who know both men. Over the years, some details of Crow's relationship with the Thomases have emerged. In 2011, the New York Times reported on Crow's generosity towards the justice. That same year, Politico revealed that Crow had given a half million dollars to a Tea Party group founded by Jenny Thomas, which is Clarence Thomas's wife, which also paid her a $120,000 salary. So he basically was giving her $10,000 a month. But the full scale of Crow's benefactions have never been revealed. And so this is what this is some of the BS that Clarence Thomas said. So in Thomas's public appearance over the years, he has presented himself as an everyman with modest tastes. He says, I don't have any problem with going to Europe, but I prefer the United States and I prefer seeing the regular parts of the United States. Thomas said in a recent interview for a documentary about his life, which Crow helped finance. Pencil Neck decided to say, I prefer the RV parks. I prefer the Walmart parking lots to the beaches and things like that. Who says that? Who says I prefer the Walmart park? Who? Wait, wait, hold up. Let me, let me, let me, let me put us our, both our faces up. Get off me. Who says I prefer to go to the Walmart parking lots? What? Robert, it's, do you prefer uh, the Walmart parking lots? <laughs> it's. This is the over elaboration of a bad liar. Like he's Yo, trying to put out the. I'm done. Yo, I'm done. I am so done. I'm done. <laughs> Yo, like real talk. He's like, oh, I prefer to Walmart. Yeah. No, it has Claire, nothing to do with it. He doesn't actually like here. those things. He's he's saying what he thinks the everyman wants to hear and wants to hear from him. Right. So he's over elaborating on what and it comes off as stupid. Everybody that hears that goes, no, you don't. No, you don't. If you're going to if you're going to lie about something like that, just be like, yeah, I don't want to go to a five star hotel. It makes me uncomfortable. I'd rather just stay at a normal hotel. But he's like picking in his mind like <laughs> what he thinks poor people go and do on vacation. Like go and visit Walmart parking lots and RV parks. It's like, really? OK. How uh, how many RV park vacations has Harlan Crow offered you then, Clarence? I don't think I don't think he's offered you any because we all know that that's bullshit and you don't care about taking your nine day trip to an RV park. We all know you want to go masquerading and gallivanting with billionaires at their all male, you know, three hundred thousand dollar a week hotel in the Adirondacks. So we all know exactly what you're doing. You're just over elaborating, trying to 
pretend like he's an everyman, which we all know he's not. And even if even if he weren't going to like billionaire funded uh, hotels, he still makes nearly three hundred thousand dollars a year. So we all know that even at that salary, do you spend a lot of time in Walmart parking lots there, Clarence? Me thinks not. You don't. This no. isn't. He's just saying what he thinks poor people want to hear from him. No, he's gallivanting to the Adrianax to participate in sausage parties. That's what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Very rich sausage parties. Yes, very rich. Very rich. <laughs> but that's how they very know. It, and, and this whole group, all of those people that you were just talking about who were like, they were also saying that they know that Harlan Crow and uh, Clarence Thomas have a close friendship. I would like to know who those friends are. I bet you they're also ultra wealthy people that have hung out with the two of them. So of course they're going to say that because they're all a bunch of friends with a Supreme court justice who they all benefit from having in their pocket and being friends with. Right. So of course they're going to say yeah. that. And of course it's funny that they, I didn't read that part where uh, the documentary on Clarence Thomas is funded by Harlan Crow. <laughs> of course it is. Of course. Of course it is. <laughs> God. Anyway, he's. <laughs> I, can, I don't even know if I can read this, but I'll have it. He said, I prefer RV parks. I prefer the Walmart parking lots to the beaches and things like that. If that was the case, then why would you go to the Adrianax every single year, Clarence? Anywho, says, There's something normal to me about that. Right. Says I come from the regular stock. I prefer that. I prefer being around that. No, you don't. You prefer being around an all male retreat while you're in the Adrianax, smelling that mountain air and smoking those sausages. That's exactly what it is. And trust me and believe, if I had look, if I had an opportunity to go to the Adrianax for the all male retreat, knowing my gay ass, I'd be there. Don't fall down that rabbit hole, JB. We don't need you going over to the dark side and uh, <laughs> taking non-quid pro quo, you know, <laughs> trips on Jeff Bezos's super yacht. He's going to, you're going to sell out. I don't need that from you. You're not going. You're not allowed. <laughs> He's like, no, I know they have gorgeous, you know, go-go boys over there that, that, you know, some hot 30 year old pool cleaner, but JB, God damn it, just stay here. Stay with the proletariat. Yeah, you're not allowed. We're not letting that happen for you. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, fine. I'll just, I'll just, you know, gaze lovingly at a, you know, a picture of Lennon when he was in his 30s. That's all. I'll just do that instead. Lennon just go, just, just go and lay your eyes on all of the hot people at Walmart, <laughs> like a normal poor person. <laughs> Oh gosh. Oh, <laughs> uh, when was the last time you were at Walmart, Robert? <laughs> Actually, I was at Walmart earlier today, uh, believe oh, it or not. I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to get my um I had to get my tires on my car replaced and they had a sale. Oh well. That's a good yeah. excuse. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um this is another part. It says Crow's private lakeside resort. By the way, he has a private resort it's called Lake Topridge. Sits in a remote corner of the Adrianax in upstate New York, closed off from the public by ornate wooden gates. The 105-acre property, once the summer retreat of the same heiress who built Mar-a-Lago, 
features an artificial waterfall and a great hall where crow's guests are served meals prepared by private chefs. Inside, there's a clear evidence of Crow and Thomas's relationship, a painting of the two men at the resort, sitting outdoors, smoking cigars alongside conservative political operatives, a statue of a Native American man, arms outstretched, stands at the center of the image, which is photographic in its clarity. Yo, I had to say it like that because that's really how opulent this bullshit is. This is the painting, by the way. So there's these two besties right here on the right, right? And then here's the three political operatives on the left. And then they have the nerve, the nerve, the nerve to sit there in front of a statue of a indigenous man while they are occupying a space that really belongs to the indigenous. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm sorry, but could this get any more gross? Yeah, if there was like a, um, if the statue in the background was wearing like a tie-dye gay pride shirt, or maybe Clarence Thomas was wearing like a Ukraine like a blue and uh, blue and yellow T-shirt or something like it's almost satire. It almost is. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Dear God, these guys. All right, so let's continue. Oh gosh, it says the painters captured the scene around five years ago. So this was five years ago. Uh, it says Sharif Tarabe, the artist who was commissioned by Crow to paint it. Thomas has been vacationing at Top Ridge virtually every summer for more than two decades. I thought he said that he liked to go to Walmart parking lots. He's probably, if he's been there, you know, for every year for the last two decades, that's like 20 times. I'd be willing to bet he's been there more times than he's actually been to Walmart himself. <laughs> That's just me. Maybe he shop, maybe he shops at Walmart. I don't know, but I, you know, if <laughs> if I didn't have to shop at Walmart because I'm a poor person, I wouldn't be there very often at all. I, I have to admit, no, he thinks no. he's probably spent um, way more time at places like this than he has at any type of you know normal person store or yeah. um, vacation destination. Look, I bet you that he can show you exactly where to go in these resorts, these luxury resorts, faster than he can show you where the sporting goods section is at your local Walmart. So, 100%. Yeah. It continues, says, the mountainous area draws billionaires from across the globe. Rooms at a nearby hotel built by the Rockefellers start at $2,250 a night. Crow's Invitation Only Resort is even more exclusive. Guests stay for free. Enjoying Topper's more than 25 fireplaces, three boathouses, clay tennis court and batting cage, along with more eccentric features. A life-size replica of the Harry Potter character Hagrid's hut, bronze statues of gnomes, and a 1950s-style soda fountain where Crow's staff fixes milkshakes. Are you kidding me right now? Here it is. There it is. 
because during one trip at July 2017, Tom's fellow guests included executives at Verizon and PricewaterhouseCoopers, major Republican donors, and one of the leaders of the American Enterprise Institute, a pro-business conservative think tank, according to records reviewed by ProPublica. The paintings of Thomas at Top Ridge show him in conversation with Leonard Leo, the Federalist Society's leader regarded as an architect of the Supreme Court's recent turn to the right. Now, I also want to show you guys uh, this. This is what made me laugh. It says, Crow has deep connections with conservative politics. No shit, Sherlock. The heir to a real estate fortune. He's an heir, by the way. Everybody talks about, oh, you got to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Apparently, Crow hasn't. Crow oversees his family's business empire and recently named Marxism as his greatest fear. What do you guys say about that, Robert? <laughs> well, I, Marxism is probably his greatest fear because Marxism is more like, you know, equal uh, to each according to their needs from each according to their ability type thing. And he has very little ability, yet he inherited billions of dollars, real estate fortune. So, yeah, if there was a Marxist society, his way of life, the life where you're building Hagrid's replica hut in your front lawn and you have a super yacht with a you know a, a helipad on it that way of life goes extinct if there was a marxist society so of course you know marxism probably is his greatest fear but as a marxist i would love nothing more than for there to be no more people like harlan crow and if the people you know i don't have a problem with people making some money but at the same time the days of this person owning this amount of like, what was it over a hundred acres, 102 acres or whatever, and having uh, mansions that they invite heads of state out to and uh, people that run think tanks, that lifestyle is gone in my world, in my ideal world. So I'm, I'm not surprised that he's afraid of Marxism. It would put an end to all of this, you know, all of these rich kids being able to buy whatever they want um, mm -hmm. on a, I'm not without going on too much of a tangent if you've ever heard of or seen the movie Foxcatcher about John DuPont, who was one of the heirs to the DuPont fortune and how back in the day he basically bought his way onto the like Olympic wrestling team. And wow. it's the same type of thing. Like he had nothing to do with making the fortune that he inherited. And so he basically was into wrestling, bought his way onto the Olympic team, um, had them move onto his property to train. And then when they wouldn't do things the way that he wanted, he got really irate and he ended up taking a gun and killing one of the uh, Olympians. So that's just, you know, that's what these, these heiresses, these people that inherit billions of dollars do. They live this lifestyle that is out of this world. And in a Marxist society, those people don't exist. So, man, you know what I say to people like Harlan Crow who fears Marxism? Boo! That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Yeah, it's coming. Marxism's gonna get you. Marxism's gonna get you. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> It says he was an early patron of the powerful anti-tax group Club for Growth and has been on the board of AEI for over 25 years. He also sits on the board of the Hoover Institution, another conservative think tank. So in this part right here, I want to show you guys. 
says Crow has long supported efforts to move the judiciary to the right. He has donated to the Federalist Society and given millions of dollars to groups dedicated to tort reform and conservative jurisprudence. AEI and the Hoover Institution publish scholarship advancing conservative legal theories and fellows at the think tanks occasionally file amicus briefs with the Supreme Court. I'm going to show you guys what one of the latest amicus briefs was. You guys are going to see this and you guys are going to say, of course, of course. So let's go there. This is the Hoover Institute, their amicus brief. Hoover Institution says Hoover, oh, sorry. Says Hoover senior fellows file Supreme Court amicus brief in case challenging President Biden's student loan debt relief program. Of course, Robert. Of course. Not at all surprising. Not at all surprising. The Hoover Institute actually, uh, INN did a three part series talking about breaking points and their funding. This is mm-hmm. ancillary, but it's kind of related. The Hoover Institute actually funded Marshall Kozlov, who was part of Breaking Points. I'm not sure if he still is, but he was working with Sagar and Jetty on their show. And uh, when Ka- Marshall Kozlov was doing anti-BDS, so pro-Israel uh, protesting, when there were protests for BDS to you know fight for the rights of Palestinians to exist, uh, it was astroturfed by the Hoover Institute. So um, Marshall Kozlov is is basically a pawn of the Hoover Institute as well. Is it also the Hoover Institute, uh, or is it a different um, think tank that's associated with the what's associated with the military industrial complex? I'm sure they all are. Uh, most of those right-wing in, uh, think tanks are very hawkish towards Russia and particularly China. Um, but I, I don't know for a fact. I'm sure that they are. Uh, that's that's kind of their purpose. Okay. Because I know that uh, Sagar and Jetty especially has been hawkish as far as this proxy war in Ukraine. And so to know that he's backed by the Hoover Institute just tells me everything I need to know about him. And it also tells me everything I need to know about Crystal Ball and how she's willing to sit there next to Sagar and Jetty day in and day out and talk about being left and right wing populist. When in reality, people like Sagar and Jetty are really just pro-war. And this is the same guy that says he wants to be the only blue water Navy that actually determines the rules-based order of the world. And I'm paraphrasing. But the thing is, it's like, who are you to determine what people go by as far as the world order really it should be by sovereignty by people different people of different countries but apparently sovereign jetty doesn't believe in that because if he did then he would not be pushing and championing this proxy war in ukraine he'd be calling for actual peace but he's not yeah yeah in that uh expose uh, that we wrote up uh at inn it talks about the Mm -hmm. hudson institute as well and um trying to remember Reed Hoffman, who is basically like Pierre Omidyar, part of the PayPal mafia, who is that yeah. big group of uh, guys that are philanthrop- philanthropists, who mm-hmm. basically are shaping the way that like information gets shared and media operates right now, basically creating yeah. a new propaganda apparatus for the 21st century. He also, Reed Hoffman, um, donates to and 
I don't know if he still does, but definitely did in the past breaking points. And the Hudson Institute is a right wing think tank similar to the Hoover Institute. And they, um, Sagar and Jetty also, he cut his teeth. He got his start at the Institute for the Study of War. So that explains to you why he goes out there and he's hawkish on China, pushing the Uyghur genocide nonsense, all of that stuff. Right. There it is. Any leftist. That's right. Yep. And I cover that. Um, there's their breaking points is more or less mainstream media that's doing a slightly better job of trying to hide that they're actually funded by billionaires, but they're not doing a very good job. We exposed all of this at INN. There's a great write up. It's a three part piece on our sub stack. Yeah. Yeah, that uh, if you guys uh, have not subscribed to Indy Left as well as to Robert Durden, you guys are doing yourselves a disservice. So make sure to subscribe to Indy Left News and Robert Durden channel. But just to let you guys know, and this is my particular opinion, breaking points is just mainstream media with an independent media veneer. That's all it is. I mean, anytime you have an independent media outlet that can pay $10,000 for their desk, you know there's nothing really independent about them. So just keep that in mind whenever you guys look at them. Now, you can glean from them whatever news stories and things like that. I'm fine with that. That's cool, you know, because there's some news stories that they may cover. But at the same time, keep in mind, they're no different than CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, New York Times, Washington Post, and all the others. They're no different. It's just they make it look like they're part of indie media. So, Yep. And when you have, like, the last story, the Hoover Institute dipping its fingers in, you know, the judiciary right-wing politics and also dipping its fingers at breaking points, you know that there's a problem. You know that there's mm -hmm. a problem there with that. It's not, that's not in yep. the media. Yeah. But I got, I got I about a, 20 minutes if you want to get to the, um, the RSA yeah. story, but then I got to get going oh. to pick my daughter up from school. Yeah. So, uh, if you guys would like to, you guys can get to that, uh, story that this article is also going to be in the description as well. But this, uh, story by RSA is also going to be an interesting one. It's not that long of a story, but I wanted to make sure to cover this, but, you guys, you know, our, our our courts are not, you know, legit like people think they are. And the thing is, they really control our lives. Now, uh, just to let you guys know, if you guys can, please make sure to like the stream as well. And uh, if you guys have not subscribed, then please make sure to subscribe. So the next story we're going to be covering is uh, Louis Arce for Lithium OPEC. So we're going to be talking about that story as well. And I want to get into that right now. So let's get in. Where's my link? Here it is. All right. So this is uh, out of, it says Bolivian president calls for joint Latin America lithium policy. So this is Luis Arce. This is the president of Bolivia. And... This is out of La Paz. Says Bolivian President Luis Arce said on Thursday he'll be willing to jointly design a lithium policy with other Latin American countries to benefit their economies, echoing a similar proposal from Mexico's president. Bolivia has an estimated 21 million tons of untapped lithium resources, the most worldwide in an area sprawling salt flats, delineating the so-called lithium triangle that includes northern Chile in Argentina. Uh, Robert, remember what Elon Musk said? 
Yeah, I do. He says, we'll coup anybody we want in regards to lithium because Tesla needs the um, lithium for their batteries. Mm -hmm. And the last thing he said was deal with it. That tells you who we're dealing with. Yep. Again, th that just tells you what these billionaires think of in their minds, like how they they're like, you know, take over a country. No big deal. We'll just destabilize. We'll actually install people that are willing to let us move into their country and, and plunder their resources. You know, these people get away with like in like literal murder. You mm -hmm. know, asked us uh, Salvador Allende from Chile back in the day. That was a literal boots on the ground coup, and he ended up, I think, committing suicide after he was uh, he had won the presidential election. And then, um, with a CIA driven coup, he actually was driven to suicide soon afterwards. Yep, and then they installed Pinochet afterwards. That's right. Yep. Mm -hmm. So it continues. It says uh, this is a quote from uh, AMLO, President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador. AMLO says we must be united in the market in a sovereign manner. With prices that benefit our outcomes, and one of the one of the ways already proposed by Mexico's president is to think of a kind of lithium OPEC. Says the objective is to position Bolivia, Chile, Argentina, and Peru as potential promoters of new forms of energy storage that will make it possible to overcome the use of fossil fuels. Demand for lithium used in rechargeable batteries in cars and electronics pushed prices for battery grade metal to around $85,000 per ton at the end of last year. So 2,000 pounds of it, so costs about $85,000. RSA expressed concern about foreign meddling in the lithium business, particular from the United States. He's right. <laughs> he said, we don't want our lithium to be in the Southern Command's crosshairs, nor do we want a reason for destabilizing democratically elected governments or foreign harassment. So he called the United States out. He said it continues on March 8th, uh, U.S. Southern Command General Laura Richardson told the U.S. congressional hearing that China was exploiting. <laughs> China was exploiting the region's resources and its actions can hamper conditions for private investment she said they don't invest they extract the ground game that they have with lithium is very advanced and very aggressive that's what richardson said sounds what does that sound like to you robert that's projection <laughs> that's what I the know. u.s does yeah, no, no. China is definitely like interested in the lithium and the lithium triangle, but they don't go in and do the same thing we do. They go, listen, can we cut a deal? We want to help each other going into the future. We need the lithium that you guys have. Let's make a deal. We've got stuff that you need as well. We produce a lot. We can come in and help you with infrastructure if you need that. So they they go in and instead of doing what Elon Musk said we need to do, which is coup the country or destabilize it or move in boots on the ground and plunder their resources we're going to actually like make a deal we're going to help you out you help us out and then everybody's happy so what she's saying there is absolutely you know nonsense and if i may i think part of the reason that um Arce is doing this and a lot of other things that are happening geopolitically right now with a lot of these you know unions um the shanghai cooperation organization the belt and road initiative is because the rise of china is so apparent now that a lot of these countries are banding together they realize that the united states is sort of overspent 
it spread itself thin and printed way too much money to keep the war in Ukraine going. They're uniquely vulnerable right now. And the fall of the empire is kind of, it's obvious to everybody now. And it's the, these countries realize that the best way that they can make good deals in the future and the way that they can protect themselves from a dying empire that's in its death throes and it might start cooing people left and right is to band together. And I think it's a good thing because what will end up happening is that these countries have the right to their own resources. I'm totally fine with them working together to even, even if it comes to controlling a market, especially for the time being controlling the entirety of that market, because then the rest of the world can come in and offer them fair prices for the things that are theirs. And they can participate in a multipolar world and a multipolar economy in a way that helps everybody. You know, so I, I think that they're doing it now because they realize that the United States is spread too thin to actually coup them right now. And if the United States does attempt some destabilization techniques over the next two or three years, as China really like makes its push to become the dominant superpower in the world, they can't coup everybody. So I think that a lot of these countries realize, OK, let's band together. Let's put our differences aside for the time being and let's really try to create a global multipolar marketplace where everybody gets paid fair for what their country can provide the rest of the world. And so this is a good thing. Um, it's, it's become apparent that the petrodollar is going to collapse. A lot of these countries in Africa and South America are now going around the dollar. That's not the worst thing in the world. If the dollar loses its value as quickly as I think it's going to within the next three or four years, you're going to see the, the dollar plummet in its value then the United States can't fund World War III, which we all know that's what they're trying to do with China. It actually makes me happy to see a lot of these countries going, nope, these are our resources, and we're going to band together and protect them. We're going to put all of our differences between countries aside and realize who the true enemy is, which is the plundering, colonizing United yeah. States. So they're yeah. protecting themselves. I think this is a good thing, um, and they absolutely deserve their their own resources and they deserve sovereignty and not to be cooed simply because Elon Musk wants some cheap batteries. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because uh, President Amlo of Mexico was actually talking about how he wants to nationalize the lithium industry in Mexico. And part of me is like, uh oh, is are we going to end up going on in a war with Mexico again? Oh, not again, but well, yeah, kind of again. But yeah, kind of again. This uh, this came out not too long ago, but this is about out of RT. Uh, it says former Mexican president Jose Lopez Portelo was a CIA asset, according to recently declassified documents. So, hey, do not like AMLO now because he's going to that the opposite direction that they want him to go. Yeah. AMLO is going to need he's, – he's got the right rhetoric and he's got the right idea and he wants to be part of the multipolar world. The problem with uh, what's going on with him is that he happens to share a border with us, which means he's uniquely prone to our invading Mexico. So he's got to be more tactful. But here's the thing, and I, I forget what show I was watching yesterday. I think it was New Atlas with Brian Berletic. Um, It might have been Danny Haifong's show. I can't remember. They, they talk a lot. Um, they were talking about how – What's going to happen is that China and Russia will likely get Mexico on board by giving them certain guarantees in terms of providing security at the Mexican border so that 
AMLO can feel safe and therefore join the multipolar world without having to be worried about um, an actual boots on the ground invasion into Mexico. Because you know that's that's coming, especially if the empire starts to really die and the oligarchs in our country get really, really desperate, which is coming in the next two or three years. There's yeah. going to be some crazy stuff going on. But I, I assure you, the Chinese and the Russians understand that they're going to go in and make sure that AMLO is safe. And uh, the only thing you got to worry about beyond that is, again, some sort of coup. Um, Pedro Castillo um, in Peru, he recently, he's the lefty who just won the president. Uh, he won the presidency, oh, geez, uh, two years ago. And then he was immediately cooed and now cooed via a congressional sort of coup where they changed the law and changed the amount of like the term limits. And since he was, they shortened the term limits in Peru so that he got cast out, even though he was recently elected as president, something happened where they changed the uh, laws so that he was actually cooed via the law. And now of course there's another president who was not elected in there. And I wouldn't be surprised to find out that it's actually a lady. I can't remember her name. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to find out she's also a CIA asset, you know, yeah. Juan Guaido, this lady, <laughs> you know, and you know, you can only do that so long. You, you know, if our currency collapses, even the CIA won't be able to perform this stuff all over the, the world. So it's not the worst thing in the world if that happens, which it's it's accelerating by the day. And uh, that's part of the reason I think they're creating this OPEC for lithium is because they realize that right now the United States literally is they're overdrawn. They don't have the money to coup everybody. So right now is the time to band together and to actually get some stuff done and you know, hopefully the United States will just leave these countries alone. Yeah. Well, in addition to that, and, you know, just as last point before, you know, we give our closing. Um, but the thing is that the, the United States is losing strength in the petrodollar. And one of the people that sounded the alarm for in regards to U.S. hegemony was actually Senator Marco Rubio, the senator of my state. And he was basically saying that if the if we lose strength in the petrodollar, and the United States, uh, sorry, and these other countries, you know, have really, uh, we go into a more of a multipolar world, the ability to uh, inflict sanctions on other countries will be diminished, greatly diminished. So sanctions against Cuba and DPRK and Russia and Venezuela will be greatly diminished which is good news for the working people there and good news for those countries who are trying to build themselves up. And I, I you know, I know that there's going to be some pain felt here, especially by this country, because these capitalists, these, these dictators are not going to allow that pain to be felt by them. They're going to make sure the pain's being felt by us. But I don't know. Do you feel like it, it, it's worth the pain that we may end up feeling here at home. Yeah, I kind of do. Um, for the first reason, <laughs> the petrodollar only affects people that have money. So like poor people, if you don't have wow. any dollars, it, you can't lose anything. We've already lost everything. All the poor people in this country, 70% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. So it's like if the dollar loses its value, it's like, oh, great. So the uh, 90 bucks I got in my bank account just lost 30 bucks. It's really going to hurt the people who are that have a ton of money. And the second reason is, is because we really need to we need to avoid World War Three. And right yeah. now, the way that this is unfolding, 
broad strokes is it's kind of a waiting game for China. They've already won China and Russia. They've already kind of won the Ukraine war. They've already won the economic battles where they've made a whole bunch of inroads and built bridges where we've burned bridges in all these countries where they're, they've gone in and built infrastructure and helped and built allies where we've made enemies. So they're kind of like, they're in the lead. They want to wind the clock down, but what they really need to do is keep making these good deals and try to lure uh, countries like Saudi Arabia into the BRICS system to collapse the petrodollar so that the U S and here's the other part, the U S can't finance world war three against China and Russia. So what the U S is trying to do is while China's winding the clock down is they're trying to finance and print money as fast as possible. And then manufacture consent for world war three against China as best they can before the dollar collapses. And Marco Rubio is exactly right. Although he's, he's sounding alarm for the wrong reasons. He wants to continue sanctioning these places. So he's like, well, if the dollar collapses, it's going to, you know, make our ability to sanction impossible. Yeah. Um, And both countries know this. And if the United States can't effectively manufacture a consent for war against China pretty soon and the petrodollar does collapse, it's a good thing for the world because then they can't finance World War III with a dead currency. You know, Raytheon's not Raytheon's a private company. General Dynamics, Boeing, those are all private companies that aren't going to go, oh, yeah, we'll just make you these weapons for free because we care about America. They're not owned by the state. They're capitalist endeavors and they're not going to take, you know, they're not going to take half price on their weapons they're in this to make money and they're not going to take a dead currency and the united states won't be able to print money forever so in a way yeah the hurt is going to come back on the poor people a little bit of course because when the dollar collapses a lot of these companies like for instance um the price of gas and consumer goods is going to go up because these companies will realize that the dollar isn't worth as much so they'll adjust accordingly and make a gallon of gas will be worth six it'll be six bucks a loaf of bread's going to go up, but they can't price gouge forever because then the torches and pitchforks come out and they'll have to start bringing their prices down again. So in the end, yeah, like the value of poor people's bank accounts is going to go down just a little bit. The value of very large bank accounts, the rich people in this country, yeah, they're going to be pissed off because they're going to lose a lot of money. But if you're poor, you don't lose anything if the petrodollar loses its value. The problem is, is that prices will spike for a while. But in the end, if we can avoid World War III, I think it's worth it. And in the end, 20, 30 years from now, after the United States kind of gets its act together and starts taking care of itself a little bit better and starts to show some socialist policies maybe, then maybe we'll be invited for a seat at the big boy table with all these other countries who have decided that they're going to work together. And long term, our our currency or like, you know, Maybe there'll be like a, you know, a cryptocurrency at that point that has taken over. We'll be able to actually get back on our feet again. But yeah, it's good and bad. I don't think it's going to be as bad for poor people as it is for rich oligarchs that really run this country. And the Chinese know that. That's what they're trying to do. They're going to collapse the currency. And in the end, I'd much rather have it burn earlier rather than later. I don't want it to collapse over the period of 30 years. I'd rather have it collapse next year and just pull that Band-Aid off quick. And then uh, let's usher in the multipolar world over the next couple of decades. Gotcha. And look, great uh, synopsis. Uh, Can you let everybody know where they can find you? 
Yeah, you can find me, Robert Durden, on uh, Twitter. I'm on Rockfin and Rumble. I do have a YouTube channel that is totally crippled. I don't do anything other than the book reports on that one, the book club on YouTube, because I have like nine strikes and they're looking for a reason to just shut me down for good. But Rockfin and Rumble, that's where I upload most of my stuff nowadays. So look me up there. All right, go into the description. You guys can see the links to his channel. Robert, it was a pleasure. It was an honor. So good to have you, man. Great conversation, bro. Yeah, it always is, man. Invite me back anytime. Uh, it's always good to have some laughs, laugh at these rich people's expense. And yeah, this is, uh, it's been fun as usual. All right. All right, take care, man. See you on the interwebs. All right, everybody. So that was a great conversation. Always a really good conversation uh, whenever I have Robert here. And look, I love having a conversation with him. He's brilliant when it comes to these analysis and breakdowns. And so I, I'm very privileged to have people like him, you know, uh, who are friends of the channel. By the way, make sure to like the stream, everybody. And also, if you have not subscribed, then turn that red box gray and make sure you're subscribed as well. All right. So just to want to go to the chat. First, I'm going to do I'm going to go to Rockfin really quick. And we're going to go into that. And we're going to be talking uh, and having our conversations with everybody. Sweet. Let me let's make that a little bit bigger, baby. Make it bigger, baby. Oh, oh, that's too big. <laughs> that's what she did. Anyway, let's go. Let me stop. I know people are going to get me for that one. Oh, well. All right. Okay. So thanks for the tip on Rockfin Roger Meadows. Roger says money is like a hammer that can be used to build or destroy. Very true. I don't look at the hammer. I look at who's wielding it. In this case, the corporations, Wall Street, who represent the few who are using it uh, in a most destructive manner against us, while Supreme, Supreme Court of the United States are their bodyguards, replace the wielders with community worker cooperative, cooperative ownership and public banks using a hammer to build and Supreme Court of the United States mission changes. That's that's a really good that's a really good synopsis, Roger. Uh, you know, it, it's not about who has the it's not about the hammer itself, but who wields it. That's also a really good uh, synopsis. Thank you very much. He continues, says, I am confused, though. I thought Thomas was super heterosexual, dirty, old man, horny all the time. <laughs> <laughs> How's he going to an all-male retreat, right? <laughs> I'm like, why are you going to a sausage party, bro? He says, besides being an Uncle Tom, that's what he's always been known for. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Also, I don't know why this is groundbreaking. Don't you guys remember when the Koch brothers hosted him and Scalia at their homes right before ACA became came before Supreme Court of the United States that Charles and David was against? I forgot about that, but thanks for reminding me, Roger. But yeah, him and Scully, man, Scabby Scalia. Mm -mm -mm. Roger continues and says, can we make a deal? Is exactly what we would do if the U.S. were a co-op brand. 
This outside pressure might force the United States to become a cooperative RAN country just through indirect pressure, where U.S. government is not necessarily being told to adopt this new world, but will realize that if our government do don't, we'll be isolated from the world unless we change our ways adopting public banks and worker co-ops. Oh, that's a good point. You know how, uh, and, Rob, and Roger, you know how, um, you know how a lot of times people will talk about the DPRK, aka North Korea, and they'll talk about how it's so cut off from the world and it's so isolated from the world, when in reality, the United States is really the isolated one, and we're making ourselves, well, not us, but the, the government is making itself more isolated day after day, year after year, because it is the big bully on the block. And so now you got all the kids coming together going, look, if you want to continue to associate with us, then you got to play by our rules. This is a multipolar world, bruh. And so now we're going, oh, snap. I guess I got to play nice with everybody now, right? Peep the game, people. Thanks a lot for that, Roger. Appreciate it very much. Also, coming into the list of things that are in the chat, Rick Solis says, I actually remember the hearings. Uh, I was homesick from school with a stomach virus, saw the whole thing, and I remember Biden. Oh. I don't remember this. Like, the earliest... How, wait, how old was I during those hearings? Uh... I was seven. I don't remember that, though. I was seven years old. Oh, well. The earliest memory I have of major news was... Because I watch cartoons all the time. Was the OJ trial. That's the earliest. Was that in 93 or 94? can't remember. But anyway, yeah. Serena says the fact that liberals support Biden despite this shows how they don't care about policy or character, just a red blue game. Absolutely. That's all they care about. And it is no surprise that this is all they care about. And the thing is, is that they are continuously in it just to be a sports team that cheers for their team. Andy Left News says they take care of the kids and the grandkids too. Yeah, so uh, in regards to uh, Harlan Crow and the other billionaires, they will also use uh, the kids and the grandkids of some of these po po political officials and say, well, we'll help take care of them. You know, we'll do this for your kid or we'll do that for your kid. And so then that's also part of the influence because people are like, well, I want to see my kids and grandkids do good. So if I can make like $170,000 a year, but then on top of that, not have to pay for college because this billionaire is helping me, well, oh, well, you know, they're just giving a gift to my kid. You know what I'm saying? And that's how they work these things. Uh, Serena says, I can't wrap my mind around the concept of having a place that big and opting not to help people. Absolutely. Because the thing is, is that you have a conscience. Need I say more? General Avalon says these people don't have feelings. 
The only thing that matters to them are the numbers in their bank account. And they assume everyone is like them, especially people with the guns. Yeah, uh, a lot of people, they just like to think of themselves as temporarily embarrassed millionaires, which is completely utter BS, but that's how they are. Tommy John says the government is also a tool um, along those same lines. Us commies want to rip that tool from the hand of the bourgeoisie and use it for our purposes. Thank you so very much. Jenna Colby says rich people, rich people are gro gross. It's fun to laugh at them. <laughs> oh, man. That's where Frey said, bestie, you were seven, like seven. I was four. Hens Teeth says, OJ was 1994. My daughter was born on the day of the slow speed car chase. <gasps> oh, snap. Really? That's interesting. Baba Yaga Forest Dweller says, for Christmas and birthday, star tradition, an easy peasy cheaper gift, buy silver or grams of gold. Give your family a head start with starting now. It's never too late to start. I mean, that could help stave them off from uh, the some of the pain that might end up being felt because of this, you know, uh, influence and economy crashing. Oh my goodness. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. E. Heller says our current octogenarian corporate leaders need to be dropped in the... <laughs> I'm not going to finish reading that. Or no progress will happen. Y'all can read what it says. Y'all can read. I'm not going to say the rest, you know, because I can get in trouble for that, but <laughs> I don't... <laughs> oh, fire. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Fire. <laughs> oh jeez louise the jam mom says note that elon musk is the trump of the wealthy he says the ish that he shouldn't that comment about coup is exactly how the u.s government works for business yep that's exactly correct also just to show you guys um what me and robert were sh were talking about a little bit earlier about the expose that the Indian News Network uh, was showing about what happened um, regarding uh, Breaking Points. It says Breaking Points New Network features neocons and squad apologists. It says, let's take a deep dive into Breaking Points and their affiliates. This actually goes deep into it as we were talking about the Hudson Institute as well as the Hoover Institute. And so this goes into it. And so, of course, it talks about, um, you know, uh, breaking points as well as what I like to call the, leg uh, the legacy left. Um, and so this is what they are. This, you know, it talks about what's really behind them. And so, you know, this is you know, really something that people need to pay attention to about who's behind these people, who's behind the people 
that are shifting the narrative, especially when they consider themselves or they label themselves as independent, look at what they, what are they doing? So, but this is also very interesting. I shared that in the chat. I'll share it again, but give it a look. Give it a look-see. Because it's very, very deep and very interesting. Yeah. So, now, just to let you guys know, um, I... I'm, I'm thinking about going live again Thursday just for maybe like one, maybe two stories. I don't know, but stay tuned. I will let you guys know that through the interwebs. Also, I'll be getting into chapter 11 of Asada Shakur's autobiography on my channel. Yes, I do readings and analysis, just like I was talking with Robert Durden a little bit earlier, of different books that I read on my channel. So I'm reading Asada Shakur's autobiography. I'm already at chapter 11. We're past the halfway point of the book. And that starts on page 160. So I'll be getting into that as well. And I keep, I, I had so much to do over the weekend. And look, my legs are still sore, baby. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just letting y'all know. But I'll be continuing chapter one of the, uh, the new book that I'm reading, Laziness Does Not Exist by Dr. Devon Price. I'll be getting into that as well. Um, so thank you so much. Uh, let me see. Roger says, JB, remember you set you and Jabby Sabby up with your Thursday show most lovingly regarding that political article. Okay, I'll take a look at that. All right, thank you so much, Roger. Yeah, I'll take a look at that. Um, because I got to do that. Um, so yeah. Got to get going because uh, I'm going to try to get me uh, – I had a smoothie this morning, but I'm thinking about getting me something else right before our man live. I don't know. But the thing is I already have a smoothie. It was a protein smoothie too. It was pretty good. It was vanilla, you know, and I added a bunch of veggies and fruit to it, a lot of spinach. Um, so I'm thinking about – I don't know if I should do it. But anyway, maybe I'll just have a half bottle of water or something like that. But, yeah, so, look, guys, we talk about the problems that goes on in this country day in and day out, right? And a lot of times it could lead us to despair, but there's a lot of answers out there of what we can do, and that's important to pay attention to. Uh, we People like myself bring these stories to you to keep you aware and awake, because that's important, but also do not forget that there are also things that we can do. There are things like, for instance, mutual aid that we can do. Um, there are different foundations that we can contribute to. Uh, remember when I had Jesse Jett on from Indie News Network, and I had on, um, I had on. Oh my gosh, I'm forgetting his name. For some reason, I'm having a blank out right now, and I hate it. You know what I mean? You, you ever had those um, from Right Brain TV? Um, 
I can't believe I'm forgetting his name, but uh, the director of Right Brain TV, I had him on. We were talking about art and how important that is. That is also deeply important. If you can use that in order to get the word out, that's also very important. And join different organizations, right? Uh, if you you know know of different organizations that are helping the community directly, that is more helpful than contributing to any politician, right? You have politicians that are now going to announce within the next few weeks to a couple months from now, they're bidding to you know run for president. Really, I think the best thing for us is to try to help our community directly. Because the thing is, is that do you want your money to go to political consultants or to somebody that needs their rent paid? A, 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 a political operative or someone being able to eat? I honestly think it's feeding somebody is more of a return on my investment. What about you? Because the thing is that a lot of these people, they know that what they're doing is not going to bring any, you know, formidable change. I think that's the point. And so do something that is more of a formidable change, right? It's just like, it's like trying to, it's like trying to hammer the brick wall with a plastic toy hammer. And you can hammer and hammer and hammer and hammer, but you're not making any dents whatsoever. Versus, I may not have a really big hammer, but maybe I might have a little screwdriver, right? And that screwdriver, you jam it in a little bit but you made a tiny dent. At least you did something. See what I mean? Plastic toy hammer or a screwdriver? Which one's gonna do damage first against that brick wall? Because you can say, oh, I got a hammer, but if it's not having any effect. So this is why you know uniting with organizations and different and and also just you know mutual aid things like that that is very deeply important. I just want to say that because uh, you know solutions are also deeply important to talk about as well. So thank you all for being in here. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for liking and subscribing. Thank you so much to all the patrons on Patreon coffee as well as members and yes i do memberships now thank you so very much and all the patrons on coffee and patreon are also scrolling down below thank you for your contributions to the channel and also in addition to furthermore 
<laughs> Thank you so much to everybody for tuning in. I will be on RBN Live. I'll be joining my brothers on there to talk about some news stories as well. And so, yeah, what should I go out with today? I think I'm going to go out with rock music. Let's do the damn thing. All right, everybody. Take care. Hasta la vista. Water your plants. Water yourselves. Leave the world better than you found it. And smoke them if you got them. Drink them if you got them. If you don't got them, then watch something funny because joy is also revolutionary. Or if you don't have something funny to watch, then play some music. Dance. Hell. Joke around. You know? If you got a significant other, you know what to do. <laughs> Forehead kisses. <laughs> Y'all thought I was gone. Nope.